Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamp, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 376 of the Box Hard Podcast, aka the end of year Box Hard Podcast special for 2022, the last podcast of the year. I'm your host Joey Coastman, I'm joined as ever by former heavyweight world title challenger, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how you doing this week my man? I'm doing good man, how about yourself? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. It's obviously going to be a slightly different show this week. In part one, we're going to go over the awards of the year. Uh, then we're going to welcome our special guest, the final boxer we'll be talking to in 2022. That man being former Commonwealth light heavyweight champion, Lyndon Arthur. And then in part two, um, I'm going to see if there's any news. At the moment, I'm not sure there is. Um, then there's one fight, literally just one fight to preview. And then we're going to close the show by going over... Over your very own pound for pound lists that is going to be exciting so like i say thank you to everybody that sent in their entries for all the categories for the awards we're going to get into every single one that was sent in on twitter um so yeah this this should be fun um eddie i just want to say as well obviously it's the end of year podcast you get to be brutal this week jump in whenever you you have something to say or if you if you want to let it be known that you disagree with someone from twitter and you think that they don't know bleep about boxing <laughs> jump in and same for me if you disagree with okay something, i'm jumping in something right. I say. <laughs> oh i'm jumping in right now let's go i'm already disagreeing with everything you know i'm gonna be aggressive I'm the disagreeable one this week. No, I'm good. I'm good. Let's, I'm going to let the show roll as smooth as possible. And, yes, I will give my my analysis the best I possibly can, depending on what I've seen and what I've heard or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, actually. Okay. Well, there we go. Let's get into it. First category I'm going to start with is going to be um, – hmm, let's start with – I'm going to start with this category here. It's only a small category. Uh, we didn't get many sent in because I decided to not post it actually on Twitter um, because I, I just wanted to kind of keep it limited, keep it small because a lot of people misunderstand um, this one particular category. The category is British Fighter of the Year. The reason why people misunderstand that a lot of the time is because people send in... Um, you know, all types of British fighters, world-level British fighters, stuff like that. Really, this one is for British fighters who are not belt holders, who preferably are not world-level, but, you know, you're going to understand what I mean. So I kind of kept this to myself. But anyways, I'm going to start here with... with um, I've got one, two, and three for this. So a winner, a runner-up, and then uh, the bronze medal in third place. I'm going to start here with um, number three. Um, actually, I'm going to say... I, I had four guys. I narrowed it down because there's there's been a really good um, few fighters this year from Britain 2022. But I ended up I ended up with four fighters that I was really 
finding it difficult to split. So, yeah, I've, I've got four entries. Like I say, I'm going to keep it brief. In joint third place, joint third place, Hamza Shiraz and John Ryder. John Ryder because he upset the odds yet again by outpointing Danny Jacobs. I personally didn't think he won that fight, but that's neither here nor there. And he also closed the year by beating Zach Parker when Zach Parker withdrew in the corner with a possible broken hand in a fight that John Ryder was probably winning and it looked like the turning you know, the turning point had come and he was going to come on strong, but it was still too premature to call. But either way, two really solid wins. Um, they are probably the two single best wins I'd say any British fighter has got this year. Um, but he doesn't get my number one spot. He's joint third with Hamza Shiraz. Hamza Shiraz has had three fights this year. Um, I've been ringside, fortunately, for all of them. And we expected him to be in a fairly difficult fight with Jez Smith, but he ran him over in just two rounds, which was really impressive. His next fight was against Francisco Torres, a man best known in the fight before uh, for going the distance and drawing with Jose Benavidez Jr. Shiraz actually was put down in that fight which was a bit crazy, but, you know, I was really impressed with how he got up, he kept his composure, and he came back to end up stopping Torres in the fifth round. Hamza then ended his year, of course, with another knockout win over River Wilson Bent. Um, I loved his jab in that fight too, and he's another fighter who I think just seems to be improving fight by fight at a crazy rate. Three fights, three KOs, a near-perfect year bar being knocked down by Torres. Um... My second place British fighter of 2022 is Dan Aziz. Early on in his career, I watched a couple of his fights at York Hall and I wasn't really too impressed. I didn't think he'd get that far in the sport. And I'm pleased to say that my first impressions are proved to be wrong on that occasion. Um, he, he seems like a really nice guy and he's arguably one of the most improved British fighters we have. He's had three fights this year and one thing that's been on display, I think, in those fights is his gas tank. Two eighth round stoppages late on in the fight and a clear points win over 12. Um, uh, the wins, obviously, against Reese Cartwright, Shakan Pitters, and former world champion Rocky Fielding, putting that cherry on top of the icing. And he's really carried himself as a true champion since becoming British champion. I think he he's kind of elevated with that status. And he's recently added the Commonwealth title to his collection. I actually think the best is yet to come for Dan Aziz. And domestically, I feel he's definitely king of the domestic scene, domestic level. Um, my winner, though, is Maxi Hughes. I keep finding myself saying this, but what a run this guy's on. I genuinely don't know where the journey ends. I mean, he's almost unbeatable at this moment in time. Just two wins this year, but good wins. A total shutout win against uh, Ryan Walsh over 12 rounds in March, and he ended his 2022 by outpointing former world champion Kid Galahad, another fight where he upset the odds. Um, majority decision over 12 rounds, that one, but he constantly upsets the odds, and it's gotten to the point where I'm lost for words on how to describe this run he's on. He is the miracle man of British boxing, and he is the best fighter, um, you know, that's not world level. Um, through 2022 for me. So Maxi Hughes gets it. I will say we had just two people send them in. I'm guessing they must have listened to the show because, like I said, I don't think I put a tweet out asking for the best British fighter. But we had... Um, no, I think just one person sent one in, actually. Uh, this one is from on Twitter, at Uzbeki Takeover. And um, he says... 
Denzel Bentley gets my British Fighter of the Year for the way he came back from his loss, picked up two wins at British level, and then unexpectedly took the boogeyman of the middleweight division the distance and gave him a hell of a fight. Obviously, he's talking about Alim Kanuli. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't think he gave him a hell of a fight, but I know what you're saying there. And shout out to Denzel Bentley as well. He's had a bit of a mad kind of two years, I guess. Um, Anyway, that's British Fighter of the Year done and dusted. Let's move now to the next category. Um, Where should we go? Where should we go? We're going to go Fight of the Year. Fight of the Year. Okay, Um, so let's start with the, the ones that were sent in from people on Twitter first. And if you can think of a Fight of the Year, Eddie, then you're more than welcome to jump in, of course, at any point. But anyway, let's go with what we've been sent in with on Twitter. Um, at Gate2003, uh, he says, Taylor vs. Serrano. It's good to have a female fight mention there. Um, at ML Arsenal. Um, Lee Wood versus Michael Conlon all day long. This fight is up there with Ben McClellan. Wow, what a shout there. Uh, this one from Tuba, Tuba TJ, um, one of our most loyalist listeners. He says, um, where's it gone? He says, fight of the year, men's Wood versus Conlon, women's Taylor versus Serrano. Uh, this one came in from, oh dear. I think I've cropped out his name. Um, oh no, this one's from Uzbeki Takeover as well. He says Taraji versus Kayaguchi. Do you know what I've got to say? It's a hardcore shout, but I'm going to hold my hands up and say I didn't see the fight. So what a letdown. Um, okay. So, anyways, thank you for sending those in. Um, my three fights of the year. I've got a one, two, and three. Um, number number three is a wild card fight, and I remember being very entertained watching the fight but I'm not sure if anyone else felt the same as I did because I haven't seen anyone else mention it at all but it is a real wild card and it was Maurizio Lara versus Emilio Sanchez I don't remember which undercard it was on but it was a really good fight if I remember correctly so that's my third Um, in second place this was a bit hard to come up with to be honest with you Uh, there'd been quite a few contenders but it makes my my number two spot, uh, Joyce versus Parker. A really good action-packed fight from two of the toughest guys in the heavyweight division and also two of the nicest guys. I've got a bigger soft spot for Parker, if I'm honest, so it was sad to see him get stopped like he did, but, you know, boy, oh boy, did he show some heart, and he put it on Big Joe Joyce like no one else had been able to do in the pro ranks. There was lots and lots of back and forth. Both men won rounds in the fight. And it was survival of the fittest, and Joe Joyce is obviously very rarely outdone in that area. But fight of the year, I think it was the most popular from what we had sent in on Twitter as well. Wood versus Conlon. I mean, it's the clear winner for me. Lee Wood, the champion, down in the very first round from a long left hook from Conlon. Both fighters were cut. Conlon down in round 11. Wood needed a knockout to win, so he needed a knockout in that 12th and final round, and he did. He knocked Conlon out of the ring. It was a crazy fight in Wood's backyard, the Nottingham Arena. It was great to see Conlon as well, I must say, come back from that and and look like it hasn't really affected him going forward. But this fight had everything for me. You know, to see the champion down the first round, the challenger down late, you know, the champion needing a knockout and then getting it in that fashion where he knocked the guy out of the ring, you know, unconscious. It was it was incredible. Um, 
Yeah, and obviously the underdog won the fight as well. Lee Wood was the underdog. Eddie, you you did unmute there. I don't know if it was an accident or or something, or did you have something to say? Yeah, yeah. I I, I like I like those choices. I I like the you know bringing in the women with Taylor uh, Taylor and Serrano. That was really actually. But I think when I think about it, when I think about the back and forth, that was a really 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 good fight. It was just missing, I guess the you know, the drama of, you know, knockdowns and things like that. Although there were, you know, people who, you know, she was, uh, I think Katie Taylor took some punishment at some point, uh, visibly a little, a little troubled at some time in the fight, but to be able to come back and win, that was awesome. But I do like that Colin fight. And I watched it. It was, it did have everything. It was, there was a lot of excitement with him going down early and then coming back winning. Uh, uh, just, just the skill level, uh, determination, you know, you've got a little bit of everything. Even if you're not a fan of Lee Wood and you wanted to see uh, Conrad win, it's still like, damn, that was a hell of a fight to see. And I really enjoyed watching it. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I would have, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight, you know, snow again if it was going to be like that. But, um, yeah, it was a hell of a fight. And uh, you know, I, I thought Conlon was actually would actually win. I seen him you know, when he was young in his career in person. He fought. Fought on the undercard of um, at Madison Square, and I think he fought. He fought. He fought somebody who was you know low level at the time. He was just he was just coming up. Um, it was on the undercard of um, Lomachenko and Vigondia. Uh, so and I seen him in person. He's a pretty good, pretty good little fighter, and actually turned out to be really good. But uh, yeah, it was a hell of a fight between them two. And like I said, I was, uh, it would be actually pretty nice to see it again. But I, if I'm going to vote for anything. In any fight, I would say that that probably is the leading candidate as well for me. There we go. There we go. Um, the next category would be upset of the year. Now, I decided to just have fun with that category because I couldn't really nail down a one, two, and three. But some to be noted, um, you might have forgot some of these, Eddie, but I'll just fly through these ones that, that, that are here to be noted. And then also... Um, the ones that were sent in from the listeners as well, from the people on Twitter. Um, so I'm going to start with my little list. Um, Hector Garcia versus Chris Colbert was a huge upset. Rigondo losing to Vincent Astrolabio, who was a relatively unknown fighter. I think he was about 11-3, and three, was a huge upset. Um, Femke Hermans beating Mary Spencer the other week when she messed up my 40-1 my to one parlay was a huge upset. Um, Maxi Hughes, we mentioned him in the British Fighter of the Year, beating Kid Galahad was crazy. Jai Opatai as well, upsetting the odds, uh, dethroning Maris Bradis of his Cruiserweight World title. Um, Evan Holyfield as well, the son of Evander Holyfield, being knocked out by Jermaine McDonald, who I think was like a courier who had work Monday morning. Um, Jimmy Kelly as well, upsetting the odds against Kana Islam. That's a really good shout. And Lucas Brown knocking out Junior Farr and, and reigniting his career was mad. Um, on Twitter, we had this one sent in from at Rollins Coach, the way Bivol smoked Canelo, he says. Uh, this one's from at the boxing madman. Dimitri Bivol beating Canelo Alvarez, although I did have a little bet on that happening. Uh, uh, Punchlines boxing, Chris Colbert versus Garcia. Um, at Marek Kudek, I was sure that Bivol would win against Canelo, but I didn't expect that it was actually an outclass. Also very surprising were Bacoli versus Yoka. Yeah, that was. And Hergovic versus Zhang. 
this one as well from at uh, Chris Andre Boxing. Jai Opatai handing Maris Bredis his his uh, he's put first loss, but he's corrected himself. Second loss was a big upset. I wasn't hugely shocked as Bredis is 37 and Opatai is a very technical boxer, so I knew he was a live dog. But still, Bredis is a class fighter and was ranked top 15 pound for pound by a few outlets, so it was a big upset. Uh, Tuba TJ as well, Brown with the first round knockout against Junior Far. So yeah, all really good shouts. Like I said, I didn't have a one, two, and three, but there was a lot of mad ones. Eddie? Honestly, uh, I want to, I guess this would, I don't know if this would be an underdog one, but the one you mentioned with uh, with uh, Lucas Brown and Junior Far, I was like, wow. And then how it happened early, you know, it was just, it was, it was, I was not expecting it to be like that. You always, figure that there's an opportunity where you got a big puncher like that, but, you know, nobody accused Lucas Brown of being the most skilled guy in the world, and uh, to see him actually get the knockout like that, but a guy that was, you know, his fight's supposed to be just like a, you know, he's, going, he's supposed to be retired, basically, by Junior Five, just completely went the other way, and now he's back on the scene. That was incredible. Um, what was the other upset that was mentioned that I, that I liked? That Chris Colbert, I did not expect him to get beat by it. Even though I think Hector Luis Garcia was a pretty decent fighter, I didn't think he would be Chris Colbert. And not the way he did it. Not being in control like he was. That was another one that really shocked me. I mean, all of them were pretty good that you mentioned. The ones that I knew of. The Ziti Zhang fight, I thought that, uh, that Zhang was the one that was supposedly going to be outclassed and destroyed. And he almost won the fight. Which was... was, was I don't want to say it was a shock. It was kind of a shock to me. I didn't expect. I heard some different things from some guys who were in the know, you know, like Bashir, and he was like, I just don't really think it's going to be a good look for him. And I was watching him train. He was training and doing his thing and sparring, but I just didn't expect what I saw from him either. So, um, yeah, those are good. Those are good candidates. But I, that Junior Fox and, and Lucas Brown was like, wow, kind of shocked. And move into the next category. Now, obviously, I always try to do my bit for female boxing, for women's boxing. So I've put a lot of time and effort into this next category. Um, yeah, I'm going to start here, actually, with the ones that were sent in on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, Female Fighter of the Year 2022. Uh, this one from At The Reconin, or I'm guessing At The Reckoning. Uh, that's between Shields, Taylor, and Baumgardner, I'd say. So he's given us three. This one from At Daryl Cobb. My vote goes to Alicia Baumgardner for capturing the unified title. This one from Tyrone Atkins. A great year for the ladies and real hard to separate Shields, Taylor, Baumgardner, and Jonas. Think Taylor edges it for her Titanic win over Serrano, though. Um, let's go Brandon, says Alicia Baumgardner. Um, Elliot Zidane, says Chantel Cameron, no debate. Asgi as well, our friend Asgi, Team Fury member. Um, he says Clarissa Shields, no doubt whatsoever. Then Chantel Cameron. Uh, the boxing madman says Amanda Serrano for the grace with which she accepted the Taylor result and then went about her business um, against Mafood. Uh, Tuba TJ says Clarissa Shields and <laughs> someone said Clarence Shields. I think that was a misspell there, but Clarissa Shields, that one was sent in by um, Uzbeki Takeover. So yeah, like I said, I've put a lot of time and effort into this category and I'm really happy with the reaction as well. I think this was probably the most entered 
category on on social media um so yeah it, it, it was tricky for me this category i had four women in mind all for different reasons to be honest two of the four women surprised me with the manner of their victories despite i think being favorites to win their respective fights one of the other women i've always had huge belief in so despite achieving something spectacular this year i always knew that she was capable of it so even though this person isn't number one perhaps they should be but they're not simply because i always felt they were good enough to achieve what they achieved and maybe that's slightly harsh of me and then the other woman on the list has just turned her whole entire career around in a way that nobody even herself could have seen coming so there's four four women to mention here one of them's number one one of them's number two and i'll let the other two be joint third let's start with joint third joint third Clarissa Shields, a nice little win against the undefeated Emma Cozin in Cardiff, which wasn't anything really to write home about, but, you know, um, it, it was it was one to mention. And then just the way that she beat Savannah Marshall, it really surprised me. And, you know, she, she had to come over here twice because obviously the fight got postponed. So, you know, that was a lot having to come over here. Then I think the queen passed away and then she had to go back. She had to come back again a few weeks later. Um, but she just dealt with Savannah Marshall with ease. And that was a huge shock to me. I did not think it was going to be possible for her to win a decision on British soil, but she fought so excellently that night that they couldn't take it away from her. So she is third place for me. Joint third, Chantel Cameron, my favourite female fighter above all. Um, she had a great year in which she defended her titles against Victoria Bustos and then flew to Dubai and become the undisputed champion when she became the first woman to beat Jessica McCaskill since Katie Taylor did five years prior. The manner in which she beat McCaskill would have you believe that if she did decide to put on seven pounds and move up to welterweight, she'd easily defrone McCaskill with her undisputed titles there and quite easily become a two-weight undisputed undefeated world champion so she is third which is a bit harsh um yeah uh, number two katie taylor i've been called in the past a katie taylor hater it's not true um, but she does deserve massive credit for the year that she's had. She started the year being undisputed lightweight world champion. She ends the year being undisputed lightweight world champion. A groundbreaking fight at a sold-out Madison Square Garden against Amanda Serrano in what was easily the best female fight of 2022. The pair are both classy fighters in and out the ring. I honestly favoured Serrano quite heavily going into the fight. I felt Katie had slipped a little bit. And I thought Serrano, with the aggression, would be able to get to her and win the fight. But Katie, for me, deserved the win, and she fought excellently. You touched on it as well, Eddie. Um, both girls had to dig deep, and they couldn't have put on a better display for women's boxing. And I'm happy how that fight happened. I'm happy when it happened, and I'm happy... Uh, where it happened as well being at msg and i'm just happy that it happened in all honesty taylor emerged victorious of course by split decision and for me was the rightful winner taylor then um um closed out the year didn't she with um, a win against karen carabahau as well so yeah taylor second on my list because of the size of the serrano fight the hype around it and the fact that the fight really surpassed expectations in terms of excitement and entertainment i was really really impressed with with uh, katie taylor and then yeah like i say she ended the year with that win against karen carabahau who was also undefeated um and then yeah number one the number one spot female fighter of the year 2022 
Natasha Jonas, a lady that I've written off many times since seeing her lose by stoppage at super featherweight to the husband murdering Vivian Obernauf. Not to mention that she's one of the older ladies in the sport, so for her to move pretty much from super featherweight to super welterweight within the space of 18 months, and to at that weight, 154, have three fights this year. The first against Chris Namus for the vacant WBO world title, a fight she won emphatically by a second round TKO. The second was against the undefeated 15-0 Patricia Bergholt, a unification for Bergholt's WBC world title. She won that as well, uh, th- this time by unanimous decision. And then most recently, it was a bit of a tougher fight than I think we all thought, but she had yet another unification, and this time took Marie-Yves Decaire's IBF world title away from her with a unanimous decision victory. So Jonas has moved up, what, three or four weight classes and has now got three of the four titles at the weight. I don't think her opposition has been on par with some of the other girls mentioned, like, you know, like Taylor fighting Serrano, like Shields fighting uh, Savannah Marshall and like um, uh, Chantel Cameron fighting Jessica McCaskill. But how can you take away the number one spot from Jonas? She's been, as well, I should mention, the most active of the other girls mentioned. So for me, a deserving winner to do what she's done at her age. Eddie, you've unmuted a few times. I don't know if you had something to add to that category. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like all of those choices. I like some of the guys mentioning Alicia Baumgartner. I like her. She's a, I she like narrowly her. missed out on my list. Yeah, no, no, I, I understand if we saw. I mean, you know, a lot of the, the fights you mentioned, the fighters you mentioned, Katie Taylor, definitely deserves to be somewhere near the top. She's had a hell of a run, like you said, she's been, um, and then having that huge fight that she had with, with Amanda Serrano, that was big. That was big. Uh, obviously, Clarissa Shields, like I said, man, she has to be, you always got to mention her, especially when she fights a guy, a guy, I was about to say, a, a woman like uh, Savannah Marshall, a fighter like that, as good as she was and as close as you know, you would think they would be as far as uh, competition-wise. That's the last person to beat her. It was just so much to it to 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 have that fight and then for her to win in the way she did and being in control is is saying is saying a whole hell of a lot. The others I haven't seen, uh, like I said, honorable mention Alicia Baumgartner. I like I really like her as a fighter. You know what I mean? It ain't just about the look either. Don't get don't get it twisted, Joe. She's actually a really really good fighter. Mm. So uh, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of the um, a lot of what she does she takes sometimes unnecessary chances I think some of the some of the things she did in that fight with um, uh, Michaela Mayer you know was, you know putting yourself out there a little bit too much but at the same time I like the style I like I like you know the way they fight so uh, it was good um, but I do agree I, I don't I, honestly I haven't seen much of Natasha Jonas I'm gonna be honest. Um, I watched a little story on her, but I didn't see much of a fight. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking your word for it, Joe, that she deserves to be in the top spot. And now one of my favorite categories of all, Young Fighter of the Year, 25 years of age and under. This is where we identify you know, the young lions in the sport, really. There's been many on previous shows, you know, that we've spotted and said, wow, what a great year they've had. And they've continued to have fantastic years ever since. So really excited for this category here. Um, I'm going to see what people on Twitter said. This one came in from 
uh, Hawks promotion. Newark's own Shakur Stevenson. This one came in from uh, Doug. He says, real Devin Haney. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying his handle, but yeah, Devin Haney, un uh, unified champion. Um, Jerron Ennis is great, but no big fights yet. Not his fault. I think Shakur Stevenson is 25 as well, so not not under 25. Lots of great young talent. Uh, Tuba TJ sends in um, Young Fighter of the Year, Young Fighter of the Year, uh, Bam Rodriguez. Um, and then Uzbeki Takeover sends in Jesse Bam Rodriguez. Right, okay, so here's my three. I'm going to start with number three, uh, Shakur Stevenson. We all know how much I admire Shakur Stevenson. Unbelievable talent, generational talent. Two fights this year, both unanimous decisions, in which at the most he lost three rounds in each fight, meaning he dominated nine out of 12 rounds at least in both fights. Uh, the first win of the year was when he took out, um, or took, took, took on, I should say, uh, Oscar Valdez. He took his O as well. Um, you know, his second win of the year was when he outclassed Robson Concesao of Brazil, who arguably beat Oscar Valdez but didn't get the decision. But either way, he proved twice that he is on another level to both Valdez and Concesao. The only bad thing that Shakur Stevenson did this year was that he missed the weight for the Concesao fight and therefore was stripped of his title and obviously is now heading to lightweight for 2023. Eddie, you did unmute, but let me just quickly go to my two, my, my number two and my number one before I come to you. Number number two, the second spot goes to Devin Haney. Um, frighteningly, Devin Haney seems to just get better and better. Whether you think Cambosos just got Tiafimo Lopez on a bad night to become a free belt champion or not, it doesn't really matter. Devin went all the way to Australia, not just once but twice, to take care of business against George Cambosos. It was so dominant the first time that no one really wanted to see the second fight. But... It was contracted. He had to go and do it again if Cambosos wanted him to do it, if Cambosos activated the rematch clause, which he did. So Devin goes back over and repeated the same performance. And it would have been impressive to see a stoppage in that second fight. And it may have come close to happening at one or two stages. But impressively, or more impressively to me, is that this young man has become an undisputed champion of the world at just 23 years of age and probably isn't yet in his prime. How crazy is that? Um, number one, though, it goes to Bam Rodriguez. Boy, oh boy. Um, you know, he's, he's had the most amount of fights out of the out of the other two fighters on the list. He had four fights this year, Bam Rodriguez. Um, the other two had two, um, Devin Haney and, and uh, Shakur Stevenson. Um, Bam's first fight of the year was when he moved up in weight from flyweight to super flyweight on short notice to fight Carlos Quadras for the vacant WBC super flyweight world title. He dropped Quadras and beat him unanimously over 12. I believe the plan was to move back down to flyweight, but instead he stayed at super flyweight and his first defense of the title came against Sarisaket Sorungvasai, aka Wisaxel Wangek, aka the guy that loves, absolutely loves eating um, unseasoned rodents. He loves it. Uh, we've seen, we've all seen pictures of him, you know, tucking in. He, he does love a rodent, but he dropped and stopped Rungvasai. Rungvasai hadn't been stopped since 13 years earlier in only his second pro fight. Bam Rodriguez honestly looks like a pound for pound talent. 
and he's also younger than our other two nominees, Shakur Stevenson and Devin Haney. He's only 22 years of age. His final fight of the year was a points win over Israel Gonzalez, who can be a bit of a nightmare, but we did all expect Rodriguez to handle him a lot easier than it ended up being. It was a close fight at times. But he did emerge victorious over 12 rounds, and many felt that maybe he'd been a bit too active. Um, I said he had four fights. I think he just had three fights, actually. Um, and they were all outside of his natural weight class at the highest level of the sport, all within seven months. So for me, he is undoubtedly the young fighter of 2022. Eddie. Couldn't agree with you more about those three. Those were, honestly, if, if, if I would have picked in order that although i am i am one of i'm a huge shakur stevenson fan i really love his fight his game he's a really 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 talented young guy and the sky is truly the limit for him he just he just has to you know continue to fight and stay the way he is be smart defensively continue to box and and, and you know but at the same time uh you know i sometimes i see him you know I don't want to say get overly aggressive, but I guess that's when he knows. He has a hell of an IQ. I really like that kid's game. Um, Devin Haney, like you said, like 23 years old, already already undisputed champion in lightweight. That's crazy. Only 23. And he's a special talent, too. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I always lean a little more to I always lean a little more towards Shakur, but, but you can't deny Devin Haney's that guy. He's really... He's a special, special fighter. Um, and if I was going to choose fighter of the year, it would definitely be based, have to be based on what the year consisted of. Now, obviously, Devin Haney winning, you know, those two fights with George Cambosis puts him in that category just just alone. No matter what the situation was, like you said, him beating um, 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 Lopez and all of a sudden overnight being a pound-for-pound guy. But, um, or not even say pound for pound, but just a high level, a super high level guy in the best in the division. Haney took that from him, so you've got to give him that credit. But Jesse Rodriguez, he he really is special. Like, I remember I, I was watching, uh, and was watching the fight, and I didn't, I didn't turn it on yet. And he was just telling me how great this dude was, and he really spoke super highly of him. And I was like, let me see. I got to turn the fight on. So I turned the fight on. I was a little late, and he wasn't lying. He said, the kid is special. Angles. You know, just just so many uh, 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 different folds to his game. I, I really like watching him. He had a tough fight with that uh, with that other fighter. I can't remember his name off, off the top of my head right now. Um, you mentioned him already. Israel Gonzalez. But yeah. Even with yeah, Israel Gonzalez. Yeah. Even with that, he still man. He still showed. You know, even, and it, sometimes with with fighters, especially young fighters, you know, you get used to being so dominant, right? And you're not, you don't really know how to lose, I mean, how to win a close fight. And that's something that you have to understand that not every single fight you're going to have is going to be dominated by you. There's going to be certain styles that give you trouble. And what was really, really refreshing to see is how he was able to pull it out, do different things, different parts of the uh, uh, fight, and, and kept not necessarily control, but kept within, his, within himself and, and did enough to win wasn't the greatest and what we would have expected but he still got the job done and that shows true growth and from a young fighter like that to say that at this young age at this young age it's got like i said sky's the limit he's got a he's got a hell of a future in uh in this uh sport 
And now it's time for Fighter of the Year. Um, on Twitter, at AlexJCYT, Bivol for me, class act and shocked the casuals. At Jackler Rugby, has to be Bivol. At I am 5 underscore K, says Jamel Charlo. Uh, I think Jamel Charlo only fought once this year, and it was a knockout win against Brian Castaño, which obviously the first fight was a close one. He, you know, he, he completely sealed the deal, got rid of him, was a great performance, but to only... Have that under your belt in 2022. Doesn't get it for me. Um, Ross Wilkinson. Bivol has a good shout. The armchair pundit. Definitely Bivol. Glad people are finally seeing how good he is. At uh, Hawks promotion. Interesting question. Had to really give it some thought. Bivol would be my, my, my choice for fighter of the year. At uh, Dan McCauley 80. Gives it to Dennis McCann. And he says by far. Must be a, must be a trick. A, a joke in there somewhere. Um, maybe he's entered the wrong category. Uh, Tuba TJ says fighter of the year Dimitri Bivol. Uzbeki takeover says Dimitri Bivol. I think all but two people gave it to Dimitri Bivol, and those, those, um, the majority were right here. Dimitri Bivol. Um, didn't bother with a second place or a third place this year because pretty much all the big fighters only fought one time and one 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 fight for me, like I say, isn't really enough to be contender for fighter of the year, I don't think. So straight away that excludes all the big names like Errol Spence, Alexander Usyk, Terence Crawford, uh Jaron Ennis, Virgil Ortiz, Arta Baturbiev, Jamel Charlo, as I said, Stephen Fulton, Javonte Davis. Uh, David Benavidez and many more so like I say I've gone with one man and for me it's clear and obvious Dimitri Bivol he, up, he, he upset the odds against arguably the best pound for pound fighter on the planet in Canelo Alvarez he won the fight quite handily actually and bossed it he, he then went on to fight against um, one of the men with the longest undefeated records in all of boxing uh, Gilberto Ramirez and despite being the smaller man was also able to win the fight handily so yeah, Dimitri Bivol for me. I'm happy to see that he's now getting the recognition he deserves as well. Very classy fighter, and nobody has even come close to him this calendar year. Eddie, I don't think there's anything for you to add to that at all. Nah, nah, nah that's pretty straightforward. The two fights he had, you know, just, he, had a, he had a great year. Excellent fighter. And then our last category then, before we wrap up part one and welcome our special guest... We are ending it with a bang. Knockout of the year. This is fun. We've we've been sent in these ones on Twitter. This one's from at Jack JD Daniels. He says Joe Caldina all day long. Um, the armchair pundit, Jordan Gill versus K Karim Gwerfi. Karim Gwerfi just recently retired as well, by the way. Um, but yeah, that's a fantastic shout, actually, from the armchair pundit. I don't think anyone else sent that in. That's a great, great shout. Uh, Tyrone Atkins says Lee Woods knockout over, over Michael Conlon back in March. He cracked that boy clean out of the ring. Um, at KB5317504, he says... Joe Caldina's knockout on Kenichi Agawa. This one comes in from Chris Meller. Not many spring to mind, but Dubois versus Trevor Bryan. Uh, at Luke Wilco, 1878. Lee Wood versus Conlon is up there. Um, at the Pradana Aya, I think that's said. Uh, Caleb Plant versus Anthony Durrell. That was a big one. Hawks promotion, also Caleb Plant. Tuba TJ says... Wilder over Hellenius, not the most dramatic one, but he stopped a durable veteran while moving backwards with a 
with a hand he's broken half a dozen times. Um, Uzbeki Takeover says Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker or Lee Wood versus Michael Conlon. Well, I will say this. Nobody has mentioned my winner. Um, I've got, I've, I've also got four nominees. So there's, there's a tied third, there's a second, and there's a first. No one's mentioned number one. No one, oh uh, yeah, some people mentioned number two. Some people mentioned one of the tied two in third. Um, so yeah, usually I only give three entries, obviously first place, second place, and third place. But this category, I've had to come up with four. Um, <laughs> I'll start with the first one of the two tied in third place. Hope that's not confusing. So in third place, joint third place, Chris Billum Smith in his fight the other week against Armand um, Jokaj. Excellent knockout. The fact it was a back and forth fight up until that point makes it even sweeter. That right uppercut being the money punch. We all love to see it executed to perfection. What a punch. The way Zokaj fell to the floor as well in slow motion. Maybe not everyone's cup of tea. It was a bit it was a bit it was a bit brutal really. Um but an excellent knockout for Chris Billum Smith just in time for Christmas in front of his Bournemouth faithful. Tied in third place has to go to Joe Cordina. A few people sent it in a stunning knockout against the 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 reigning world champion at the time, Kenichi Ogawa. Cordina isn't noted as a one-punch knockout artist either, but this performance would have you think different. Um, nobody's done that to Ogawa before. The way Cordina fainted with the jab and came over the top with a right hand right on the button was exquisite, not to mention the pressure that must have been on Joe's shoulders as he walked out in front of his home crowd for the fight, knowing that a win would solidify his status as well's latest superstar of boxing sadly he was stripped of his belt due to injury which seemed really unfair and quite disgraceful actually on the IBF but he gets a big mention here from us if that's any consolation in second place Caleb Plant's left hook from hell against Anthony Durrell I've automatically got a soft spot for Caleb Plant as he's a friend of the show and if you know his story you can't help but root for him but this was a real grudge match with Darrell you know there was genuine dislike there it was a one-sided fight really Plant put on a brilliant performance magnificent performance and yeah you know it was a performance that reminded you of how good he is. Obviously, he needed it after after that stoppage loss to Canelo, in which he put up a good fight, that fight as well. But we needed reminding how good he was. And yeah, this was the win for him to show everyone how good he, how good he is. I love a good left hook as well. And that's, that's pretty much as good as it gets. I think it was a double left hook, actually. I think one to the body, then one to the head. Darrell was down hard. And obviously, he gets an extra little bonus point in there for the t-shirts before and after the fight, which we were remember as well a little gimmick um i can't remember exactly what they said on them now but yeah it made it even colder i think's the right word but the winner for me the knockout of the year richard torres jr against marco canedo boy oh boy richard torres jr is only 23 <laughs> and you know he only made his debut in march of this year but he's 4 and 0 with four ko's a top ranked fighter all ko's have come within three rounds and i just wanted to remind people of that, you know, his knockout over Marco Canedo back in August was absolutely brutal. Another left hook being the money punch, a heavy knockout. He hit Canedo with about four shots he didn't need to hit him with as he was on his way down. It was absolutely brutal. Um, very pleased to see Canedo get up and, you know, like you know not need to be rushed to hospital because I don't, I don't, I don't think that was the case. Like it was, it was such a brutal knockout. 
you know, it was it was very worrying because he face planted, he was absolutely out of it, and he was down for a long time. But I think he's I think he's okay. Um, but yeah, it was an undercard fight, and it was early hours of the morning as well. Obviously here in the UK, but it was worth staying up for. And if you haven't seen it, go and take a look at that, and then come back to me if you're arguing with the reason that I've put this number one. I know he fought a low level guy, but you know, knockout of the year is knockout of the year. But yeah, keep an eye on Richard Torres Jr. And like I say, that brings the the all the all the awards to to a close just there. Um, like I say, we're going to welcome now our special guest, and, and then in part two, I'm going to see if there's any news. We're going to discuss the pound for pound lists, and there's one fight to preview. So that's it for part one. The final thing for me to do is to welcome this week's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former Commonwealth light heavyweight champion. It is, of course, Mr. Lyndon Arthur. Lyndon, welcome back on the show, my man. No, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure, Lyndon. So we last spoke uh, just over two years ago now. At the time, you were fresh off your win over Anthony Yard. Uh, you'd shocked a lot of people. People um, all of a sudden started to believe that if you just had a decent jab, that's all you needed to beat Anthony Yard. Um, obviously, you did have the rematch. Obviously, it didn't go as planned. Um, if we just touch on that briefly, Lyndon, what, what seemed to go wrong? It obviously all went wrong very quickly. I, you know, it was just overconfidence. Um I say a lack, a lack of um, a lack of my mindset lack. I suppose no excuses though. But yeah, the only thing I can put it down to lack of conf- not lack of confidence, just lack of lack of um, lack of believing that he was any could do anything different. And as I'm sure you know, most boxing fans have got real short memories. Obviously, when you beat Yard, people felt he was no good. Uh, there was still a group of people that felt all Yard needed to do was simply let his hands go, like he did in the last round of that first fight, and he'd simply win. Um, obviously, those same people watched the second fight. Maybe some of them feel that the first fight was even a fluke, I've heard some people say. I know you're quite strong mentally, but was it a tough position you found yourself in for a while after that Yard rematch, Lyndon? Nah, not at all. Um, just a case, just a just a case of it being bitter, a bit bittersweet, kind of, not not bittersweet, but like a bit of a bit of a bit of bitter taste in my mouth of my first defeat, and just I guess just getting over that. Um, no one ever wants to get beat, and especially being, I feel like it was at my own, on on, on my own, um, on my behalf, kind of thing. Like I, it was my fault. I, I know I could beat him. I could have done it, proved it, obviously. And all I need to do is more of what I did in the first round and first fight, sorry, and just just be more just be more on it. Like I, I can't, like the first fight I went there with nerves and, and, and believing I could get beat. Not believing I could get beat, but thinking I might get beat here. Second fight I went there just thinking that oh, it's gonna be easy. So with 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 lack of of thinking he could do anything possible to be thinking that he could change sorry where I just thought it's going to be the same yards and I can I can do that I can do the same thing and just he's not nothing's ever going to be different from what he can do and I shouldn't have did that so that's what that's what was hard about it knowing it was my fault yeah no, I rather than ra- 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 him being better than me it was me just not doing what I can do 
Yeah, not performing at your best. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Mm. Um, you did pick up two wins, though, this year. Obviously, Walter Sequeira, the comeback fight, and then to close the year strongly, a TKO over Joel McIntyre in Newcastle in only the second yeah. round. I actually thought the fight would go long. I was very surprised to see it over that quickly. Um, that's the perfect kind of way to end the year, surely. That's what you needed, Lyndon. Yeah, the first fight, um, if I'm honest, I thought I was going to a big fight straight away, but then... The first fight, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't really believe in ring rust, but I wasn't as sharp as I thought I could be. The first fight, obviously, and shown that I might have needed another fight before going to a, to, to a big one. So, and then the Joel, I was supposed to fight Ricky Summers at first. Um, that would have been a decent fight. Uh, he pulled out. I have no, no idea why. Might have been injured or something. And then we obviously we had to get someone in pretty fast. Um, I could have got, a, I could have got a foreign kid in, uh, a twelve and one foreign kid, but. I thought no one would know who he, who he was. With two weeks notice, it's like, who do I get? And then I seen Joe McIntyre, I knew he was English champion. They're coming off two knockout wins. It's like, let's get someone that people in England will know rather than just a foreigner. Um, that if that's a win, no one will say anything. Prove that I'm above, miles, miles above, like domestically, English level and stuff like that. Obviously, they're still British and they're still European, whatnot. So... That's where we'll go next. It's not another level above that. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask what you wanted to do immediately next. Um, I mean, I don't want to put names in your mouth, but is Dan Aziz up there now that you mentioned the British? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen him say that. Um, he's he, he, he seen it on his after his last fight that uh, Ben sent me an offer. Then my nurse sent a cheeky offer. That's just disrespectful. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't, obviously, I'm not gonna say numbers, but he was just disrespectful. Right, completely disrespectful at all, and then they send another offer, which is the younger, which is disrespectful as well. And then by that time, it's like, oh come on, be serious. I don't take the piss. They wanted to, um, the, the, the fight what put me on in Manchester, me and Dan Aziz main event, and give me pennies, like what I got for what I got for Walter Kusakero. So it's like, oh, come on, what are you, what are you doing, lads? You know what I mean? I got that for an eight rounder. Want me to do that for the British title? And it's like, it's a form of disrespect. I, I, I believe. Okay, like they, 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 like they, I'm, I'm desperate. I've lost once to Andy Yard, the guy that I've already beat, who's now going on to fight off of beating me, going on to fight Betebia. So what, I'm, I'm not washed enough where I'm, I'm desperate for fights. Like I need to jump in with with Danazis for pennies. That's a big fight, regardless of the British title. So uh, as for as for Danazis saying that, no smoke towards him. Danazis is a cool character. I met I met him out in um, Canada when we were sparring Betebia. So. No smoke towards him. I get it. He's a fighter and he has to say what he says. But, you know, Ben Shalom, he offered me no, no deal. Good enough to fight. Um, like I'm not a desperate, I'm not a desperate fighter. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at that part of my career where it's like I need, I need to be taking, like, fights for, 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 for silly, silly amounts of money. So we have to ask for going forward. Um, my team's got a good plan for me going forward. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm going with, I'm going with what they, they believe and what we believe is good for me. Okay. And you, you touched on it as well. Anthony Yards managed to land this Baturbiev fight. He also has managed to land home advantage. Do you think it will be enough for us to hear and the new at the end of the fight or not? Um, I don't know, man. Baturbiev is not a kind of character that, I, just from what I've, just from what I know of him, what I've seen of him, what I've been in, like I've been around him in the ring and for, for a little two weeks, from what I've got from him, um, I don't think any of that will 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 bother him. 
don't think he's one of them fighters that so all these all these all these like these Russians, these Kazakhs, these these Dagestan all these Khabibs and all that, the terrier but put I put him in, in the category of them. Them kind of guys don't are not phased by shit like that. The only the only thing I will say on that uh, what will go in Yard's favour is the fact that he's thirty eight. And you, you, getting old getting old overnight in boxing is a is a thing. Is a thing. And it can happen. He's been he's been he's been he's been in the game for a long time. I'm at your I'm pro now. So, like I say, you can get old overnight. But other than that, I give Yard a punches chance. But with the, with the styles of them two, Yard's a bit of a bully fighter. Come forward, like to take you out. Don't think he can box. But Terbiev can box. He chooses to fight like he does. But he's very smart at what he does. He's not just a he's not just a he's not just a, a come forward fighter as such as what as what he looks like he's doing. He's, although he does like a bit of a fight, but. Because he's got the power and knows it works, but he can box as well, and he, he he's clever with what he does. He's clever with how he sets his punches up, etc. So, I, I, you know, I, I, look, yeah, the, like competition aside, he's, he's from England. He's from he's from England, and he's the homeboy, and I would love him to win it. Him winning that, um, if we don't retire, would set up a great fight between me and him for a world title. Longer that I keep winning, you know, it'd be a massive third fight. If not, regardless, it's another world title in England. So, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. And um, I want to ask as well, who do you think is the number one light heavyweight, Baturbiev or Bivol? Uh, <laughs> Bivol, you know, yeah. Bivol. Um, not not like my like like he, he like he's miles above Baturbiev. I don't think that. I think it's a very 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 high level fight. Um, I wouldn't know who to choose to win, but I'd, I'd, I'd lean towards Bivol, like on a 65 or 55-45% kind of situation. They're both they're both the elite of the elite, and if Yar beats Baturbiev, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, done, he's done a massive thing. And Lyndon, just briefly, and I know that you don't probably uh, want to go too much into sparring, but obviously, as you say, you did two weeks with Baturbiev. Uh, what can you tell me about that? Well, he's a mon- he's, he's, he's what he's, he's what everyone thinks he is. He's, he's, he, he, he is a strong fighter, uh, smarter than he looks um, in regards to boxing. Um, hits hard, can box well, got a powerful jab. Um, he's just he's a bit of a monster. He is. He's, he's a bit of a monster. He's 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 good. He's very good, elite. And everyone that I interview, Lyndon, throughout the month of December, on any given year, I have to ask them, it's a, it's a rule on the show, I have to ask them, what's on your Christmas wish list? Obviously Christmas is gone, but I still must ask, what's on your Christmas wish list in terms of your career for 2023? Um, obviously I asked you what you want immediately next, but kind of the plan for the year, where or, or what do you want 2023 to bring you um, as a whole? I'm gonna get titles, titles, most money I can, and titles, and you know, help be healthy at the end of at the end of every fight. Yeah. yeah. Keep winning. 
Yeah, for sure. That's that's the most important thing. Just before we wrap it up, Lyndon, um, if you've got any closing words, just to the listeners, like I say, we had you on last, just over two years ago. Um, if you want to say anything, you want to thank any sponsors, you want to just have a little closing message because you're the last boxer we're going to interview this year. Take it away, my man. <laughs> well, look, after Christmas, everyone. Hope everyone has a good New Year. Um, shout out to my sponsors, long long sponsors I've had, um, Aesthetics, um, RDX, um, Terrace Court, Stanley Jacks, um, boy, I don't want to forget anyone, MJ, uh, MJ Doors, um, and all my sponsors that have been with me in, in throughout my career, what, you know, now we've got a new team, Wasserman, in it, etc. So shout out to them, shout out to my manager, shout out to Sonny, shout out to everyone that's for everyone that's around me, everyone that's doing good. I hope everyone has a, has a fantastic 23 and I hope everyone had a good 22. So, and thank you for anyone's support that they gave me. Excellent, man. Well said. Listen, Lyndon, as always, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time. I hope you have a happy new year as well and we'll speak again in 2023. Yeah, yeah most definitely. You too, sir. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show, the final show of 2022. Uh, there's no news to bring you, so if anything develops from now to the end of the show, I will mention it on the outro. So we're going to move straight to the preview part of the show. Just one fight to mention of the preview part of the show. It takes place on New Year's Eve, um, Saturday, uh, the 31st of December, at the Ota City General Gymnasium in Tokyo, Japan. I believe this fight's going to be happening about, like, it's going to be early morning, I believe, in the UK, about 9am and in where you are, Eastern Time, Eddie, it's going to probably be about 4am. But anyway, we're going to see a unification here between Kazuto um, Ioka, or Kazuto Ioka, I should say, 29-2. Defending, I think he's got the WBA, if I'm not mistaken. He's got one of the titles, but he's defending against uh, Joshua Franco, 18-1 with two draws. It's a unification for the WBA Super and WBO World Super Flyweight titles. Um... I would favour Ioka, I think, in that fight there. Um, It's mad to say that Joshua Franco has, in his last seven fights, only fought three men. He's had three fights with Oscar Negrete, then he fought someone else, then he had three fights with with, um, Andrew Maloney. So he's fought three people in his last seven fights. But anyway, he flies out to Japan, and um, he's up against it, really, to be honest with you, against Ioka, who's in really good form at the moment. But anyway, that's it for the preview part. We're going to end the show with your sent-in pound-for-pound list. And this is the part, Eddie, where you can be brutal for the first time in your entire life. You can blow a raspberry if you don't like what you're hearing. <laughs> so, yeah. I like that. So, so let's start with this one here. Pound for pound list. I'm also going to tell everyone my pound for pound list as well at the very end. Um, but yeah, let's start with this one. I said as well on Twitter, drop your pound for pound list, your, your top 10 list, if you're brave enough. Um, yeah, so this one comes in from Peter James Farrell. He's got Usyk number one. Um, Eddie, Eddie, unmute yourself a moment, actually. I'm going to I'm gonna come to you sort of for every single one. So Usyk number one, that's okay, okay. right? Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I can't argue with that. Inua number two. That's okay. Yeah. Crawford number three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. It's kind of hard to debate. You know, he's one of the best fighters in the world. And, you know, it's hard to argue. 
It really is. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you're gonna like my lists, by the way. But anyway, Fury number four, Tyson Fury number four. Considering up to this point who he's fought the last couple of fights, and you know, that's going to drop him down a little bit, especially under the guys who who actually been competing, with the exception, you know, uh, with Crawford fighting. Um, you know, he's a he's a he's a good fighter. The guy he just fought, I cannot remember his name. Damn it, David Avenisian. David Avenisian, yeah, he's a good fighter, but not necessarily on Crawford's level. Most people would have thought he would have been trying to make a deal with Spence, and it just didn't happen. So, I mean, even though that happened, even with, and then looking at Tyson, who he's been fighting, these guys are still the cream of the crop. So you still got to do, you still have to give them the credit. So, All you right. know, him at four. No, I was just, I was just gonna say, let's, let me just give you the top ten because we could, we could be here for some time if we're just stopping at right. every name. Right. But the top ten, if you think there's something massively wrong with it, then say it. I think that that'll probably be oh. the best way to do it. So, Usyk number one, Inoue number two, Crawford number three, Fury number four, Spence number five, Canelo number six, Haney number seven, Bivol number eight, Shakur Stevenson number nine, and he's just put Charlo number ten. So either of the cellos, probably Jamel, I'm guessing he's saying. Is there anything massively wrong with that list for you? For me, honestly, it's a decent honestly, list. Honestly, I, I, um, go ahead, go ahead, Joe, for you. First. No, I was just going to say, it's a decent list. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. I actually like I actually like that list. It's not a bad list at all. Um, would, would I have given that? I'm not sure. But, um, but yeah, I like it. It's actually good. But but I will say this: we're talking about accomplishments too, because you got to also remember Charlo is an undisputed guy right now. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, so you got to think about that, what that means to that position, um, and then look at some of the other fighters that may be ranked higher. You know what I mean? So I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't have a problem with the list. Though. Yeah, I think he he escapes a grilling. That's quite a good list there from Peter James Farrell. Um, I I move around a couple of the guys, but there's nothing crazy about that list, so we're not going to go in on it. Uh, this one's from at Lukey Boxing. He says, "Oh, this is an interesting list. Number one, Dimitri Bivol. Number two, Fury." Number three, Usyk. Number four, Crawford. Number five, Inoue. Number six, Spence. Number seven, Jamel Charlo. Number eight, Juan Francisco Estrada. Number nine, Artem Aterbiev. Number ten, Devin Haney. Mm. I don't <laughs> think I'd have Bivol number one. No. And I understand why he's saying it. Because of beating Canelo, who was previously probably number one. Who was previously. Yeah, but, yeah, but let me just say he he does not have he does not have Canelo in his top ten list at all. So why exactly. should Bivol be number one if Canelo's not even in the top ten? That is definitely a good beef that you have. I didn't even really think about that at the time. At the, at the moment, I was just about to say, but Bivol definitely. I don't know if I'll make him number one just because he beat Canelo, and then like you said, he didn't even have him in the list, and then having to fight with uh, what was the other? I can't remember. His, uh, the other guy he beat. Those are two good wins. There's no doubt about it. He should be definitely in the top ten. I just don't think he should be number one. Okay, so that's we're a bit we're we're not too pleased about Bibble number one there. That's unanimous between me and Eddie. Other than that, I I'm not really too pleased about Spence being being that high in the list. I mean, 
He's number six in this list. He was number five in the one before that, but I'll get to that when I address my own list. This one was sent in from D... Uh, the guy's name's Doug. Uh, number one, Terence Crawford. Number two, Usyk. Number three, Bivol. Number four, Inoue. Number five, Shakur Stevenson. Number six, Devin Haney. Number seven, Baturbiev. Number eight, Jamel Charlo. Number nine, Canelo. Number ten, Javonte Davis. He's given us an 11 and 12. Uh, Jamal Charlo and Errol Spence. Let's ignore those two. It was just a top 10. But um, let me just say that one more time. Crawford, Usyk, Bivol, Inoue, Shakur, Devin, Baturbiev, Jamel, Canelo, Javonte. I've got to be honest, the start of his list is very similar to the start of mine. Yeah, I, 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 I actually don't, I don't mind that list either. To be quite honest, um, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a of a bad spot. I, it's it's not a bad list, not at all. I actually I actually kind of like that one. I don't know if I like it as much as the first one, um, but I do I do like that list. You know what I mean? Maybe might adjust some things, maybe not, but I do like. It. Okay, it should be noted he's got Terence Crawford number one. We move to the... Oh, he does also just add... I mean, he's given us 12 already, but he does like to add as well. Um, we should probably have a couple of honorable mentions. Tyson Fury, Bam Rodriguez, um, Juan Francisco Estrada, Hector Luis Garcia. Wow. Uh, Sonny Edwards. Uh, lots, I'm sure, are missing. Ryan Garcia. If, if Ryan Garcia beats Javante... Uh, Devin Haney or Shakur this year, he could be number one. Whoa. Okay, I don't think he should have tweeted that bit there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll go back. Uh, ne next entry comes from at Darren Motorworks. He says, number one, Usyk. Number two, Inoue. Number three, Bivol. Number four, Canelo. Number five, Spence. Number six, Estrada. Number seven, Haney. Number eight, Baturbiev. Number nine, Fury. Number ten, Jamel Charlo. This is the worst list I've been sent in because it's missing Terence Crawford. He's not on the list. He can't not be in your top ten. Darren Motorworks. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind the places that he put most of them in, but maybe he just doesn't like Terence Crawford. Or maybe he forgot him. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you got to have it somewhere in there. You know, it'll be preferably in the first half. Got to get, you know, I understand. That, you know, there's, sometimes you look at who he's fought and who he's beaten. And, obviously, he's beaten some good guys. But, people, you know, there's, there are other fighters you want to see him fight on. You obviously, want to see him fight Spence. But you definitely can't not have him in the conversation of being one of the best fighters in the world because he is. It's, it's, it's just crazy. But, hey, you know. The rest of it wasn't too bad, though. But it's just that that, that fact kind of made it hard. And I just want to point out as well that Usyk has been top three for every list sent in yet. I think Bivol's been top three for all but one. Moving on to the next one. This one is sent in by uh, Julio, and in brackets, Relentless Hater. <laughs> this will be interesting. Number one. Um, Usyk, number two, Inoue, number three, Crawford, number four, Canelo, number five, Tyson Fury, number six, Shakur Stevenson, number seven, Juan Francisco Estrada, number eight, 
uh, Devin Haney, number nine. Charlo, number ten. Spence. I'm trying to figure out who's missing out of that list. Um, huh. Oh, he doesn't have Bivol. He does not have Bivol. Wow. That's what I was. I, I was waiting. You know why? I, that when he mentioned Canelo, I was like, damn, did I miss him? Say, did I miss you saying Bivol? Wow. That yeah, that's right. That's right. He doesn't have him on there. I thought he was gonna have him like later saying, and which I would have respected in a way because I guess. He's still saying that he feels that Canelo is still, you know, even though he went up and moved up and, and lost the fight, blah, 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 uh, that he still, you know, should be at a high place in the, in the, on the list. But to not have Bivol on there at all is just like, it's a red flag. It's, well, not, a good, it's not a good one. His, his name is Julio, and in brackets, relentless hater. So maybe he's a relentless <laughs> hater of... Bivol, and maybe yeah. his name's Julio, maybe he's from Mexico, maybe he's a big Canelo fan, I don't know, but that is a bad list, I'm saying it, Julio, and, and, and I, I don't mean to offend, you can't not have Bivol in your top 10, but you've actually named Canelo at number 4, what's going on, my man? Um, this one from Tuba TJ, like I say, love Tuba TJ, been tuning in for years and years, um, he's been with us a long, long time, supporting the show, he's from Hawaii, plays the tuba. And I love his beard. Um, his top 10 pound for pound list. Or oh, I hope it's not a bad one. Because no one <laughs> is... is uh, uh, If it's a bad list, it's a bad list. No one is getting off lightly here. Number one, Inoue. Number two, Usyk. Number three, Bivol. Number four, Bam Rodriguez. Very high on the list. Number five, Haney. Number six, Canelo. Number seven, Shakur. Number eight, Lomachenko. First person to mention him in the top ten. Number nine, he's put Spence slash Crawford. If they fight each other, I'll move them up. So he's given us basically a nine and ten, depending on, I guess, maybe who wins that fight. And he's he's given a couple of honorable mentions. Estrada and or Chocolatito, Baturbiev, Charlo. Tyson Fury beats everyone else right now, but at six foot nine, 270 pounds, I don't think he belongs on a pound-for-pound list. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Inua number one. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Usyk number two. I don't have a problem with that. Bivol number three. I don't think I'd have Rodriguez at number four. I don't think I'd have Haney at number five. I don't think I could put them above Canelo in number six position. Uh, Shakur Stevenson number seven. Lomachenko number eight. I, I admire that because you know he's he's had a bit of a rocky kind of last maybe. 18 months or so but I I think he does he belongs to he, he deserves to be mentioned even though I don't think he made my top 10 but I'm not mad at that and Spence Crawford yeah they do need to fight each other okay we'll leave that list alone I don't think there's anything I want to go in on too much there um, this one was sent in oh this one I'm going to save till last because this one's going to be quite funny um, anyway this one's from at Uzbeki Takeover pound for pound top 10 number one Usyk, oh, this is a dodgy list, I think, here, Mr. Uzbeki. Um, number one, Usyk, number two, Inoue, number three, Chocolatito. I mean, Chocolatito just recently got beat by Estrada. I don't know how you can not have Estrada in the rest of your list because you don't have him in the rest of your list. Bivol, number four. Canelo, number five. Crawford, number six. Baturbiev, number seven. Spence, number eight. Lomachenko, number nine. A lot of love for Lomachenko late on here. And then Jamel Charlo, number ten. Um, 
well, if you're putting Chocolatito in, you've got to put the man that just beat him, Estrada, in. Especially when Estrada's won two of the three fights with Chocolatito. Um, I feel like he's missing someone here. I mean, he hasn't put Tyson Fury in. I'm not. I'm not too mad at that. Um, he, he's yeah, he's got Bivol in there. He's got Canelo in there. He's got Crawford in there. Ah, it's a good list, but I don't think you can have Chocolatito at number three. That's my main problem with that one. Mm, okay, okay. And moving on now, I've left it till last. We love Asgi, Eddie. Asgi's a nice yeah. guy, you know. Team yeah. Fury, really nice to me when you know when you was over here, and you know I was clinging on to the camp. <laughs> um, <laughs> really nice guy, but unfortunately, the pound for pound list is either incredibly biased or Asgi should maybe think of getting involved in a different sport. <laughs> no, I like Asgi. I got a lot of love for Asgi, but come on. Number one, Eddie. Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor, number one? Josh Taylor, number one, who literally just got a gift decision against Jack Catterall last time out. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. No, Asgi, no. That's a terrible number one. Number two, Crawford. Number three, Inoue. Okay, it's getting a bit sensible. Number four, Haney. Okay, okay. Uh, number five, Sonny Edwards. I think Sonny Edwards has got bags of talent, but I'm not sure he'd be number five on anyone's list. Number six, Canelo. Number seven, you're going to probably like this, Eddie, but if you applaud it, I'm putting the phone down. Jerron Ennis. He's not number seven. He's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He Look. <laughs> All right, I'll say this. I'll say this. Oh, here we go. If we're talking about the future and where he <laughs> we're will not be. talking about the future. I know, I know. He would be at number one. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about right now. So, no, he's not. He's not there. I, I, I ain't going to agree with that. As much as I love Asgy, I'm not agreeing with that. But I see where he's going with it. Usyk number eight. So, Usyk's behind Jaron Ennis on, on Asgy's list. <laughs> Loma number nine, and I'm quite surprised to see him say Tyson Fury number ten. Why is he not number one? I don't understand that. But anyway, yeah, I, I thought I would have thought that too. I thought that was the first thing you were going to say. Asgi, there's no Bivol on the list. Oh shit! Yeah, you, you've mentioned Crawford. You've mentioned Inoue. You've mentioned Usyk. You've mentioned yeah. I mean, every list I think has got to have Crawford, Inoue, and Usyk on. At the very worst, but we cannot have Josh Taylor at number one. I should have read that and then just stopped right there because that <laughs> that Asgi is the worst list. And we got a lot of love for you. Always yeah. have done. Love bumping into Asgi. Really nice guy. Honestly, really really nice guy. But an appalling list from from Asgi, if I may <laughs> if I may say so. And here's my list, and I'm open to any Ooh. abuse that I deserve. If Eddie wants to go in on me, he can. If you want to go in on me. Please send it. Or please send. Please send the abuse by by DM to me. If you've got an issue with my list, please do it on DM so that no one else sees you abuse me and I don't have to publicly cry. Um, okay, number one. Uh, this is really up for ridicule, Eddie. But honestly, dive in. Teeth first if you feel I'm wrong here. Number one, I've gone with Terence Crawford. 
you know, all right, I, I understand why you would say Terrence Crawford. You know what I mean? But and he's still proving that, you know, he's he's, he's right there at the top. But he's they're gonna, he and him and Spence are going to have to do something. Either that or he's about to fight somebody else that is right near the top. I know they don't. None, none of those guys, neither him or Spencer, want to deal with boots at this point. So, so you know, they're going to have to do something with each other at some point. And if that doesn't happen soon, the credibility and the, the interest of the fight is going to go away. You know what I mean? And then they're going to start asking questions about Jerron Ennis, and then that's going to just screw up everything. You know what I mean? Because if he gets in there before the, those two actually fight, one of them is going to be going down. That's a fact. But anyway, continue. <laughs> Not like you to make it about Gerald Ennis. Um, my bad, my bad. Number two, I've gone with Inoue. No, nah, that's that's good. Number three, I've gone with Usyk. No complaints. Again, I just want to say to anyone that may question that, you know, would I favour Tyson Fury to beat Usyk? Yes, but. Just because what Usyk what Usyk did at Cruiserweight, you know the way he did it, moved up to heavyweight, you know took took three of the belts away from Joshua, you know brilliant fighter. Pound for pound is you know it's, it's what it's called for a reason. Number four, Dimitri Bivol. I can't be mad at that. I mean, that's that's not bad. It's not a bad place for him either at this point, considering what he's been doing. Number five, Canelo. I like how you got him one right after the other. Canelo's still one of the top guys in the world, so he, I, I still think he should be on the list. And I obviously can't be any higher than Bivol, but yeah, not too bad, Joe. Number six, Jamel Charlo. Well, it's quite high on the list, I'll say. I don't know if anyone had him that I, high. Well, like my only beef with the list that he, that he, the first guy had was that he had him so far back. I feel like he's, un, he's an undisputed guy. Yeah, I understand it. You may have the other guys ahead of him and thinking of who they are and what they've done in certain spots, but he's an undisputed champion right now, so you've got to give him some bit of a nod at where he should be. And I'm not even the hugest Charlo fan, fan, but look at what he's done. And he's beaten everyone he's been in the ring with, obviously avenged that loss to Tony Harrison. Um, number Number seven... Well, the rest of my list is a little bit like you could maybe move it around a bit. Um, three of the next four guys, so so basically the guy in number seven, number nine, and number ten. I understand you could move them around, but it's it's the younger guys. I say younger guys. Um, one of them's actually 28 now. I couldn't believe um, how I, I remember him being about 21. Now all of, all of a sudden he's 28. But you could move these guys around. You could shuffle them in any way. You know, I wouldn't be mad. Number seven, I've given to Shakur Stevenson. Number eight, I've given to Tyson Fury. And the two other guys that I said you could shuffle around, Javante Davis, number nine, and number ten, Devin Haney. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not mad at that. The only thing is, once again, and I understand he only beat one guy to get this, but he undisputed that does mean something. But that puts him on the list. That doesn't necessarily, you know, because... You know, most people would say, well, he only beat a guy that we knew. Most people would have thought he would have beaten. He'd done it twice. So, yeah, that, you know, that gets you in the game. So, at least he's 
he's on the list. So I'm not necessarily mad that he's number 10. I like the tank. I like tank being in it because I think he's one of the scariest fighters in, 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 in around those divisions. I think anywhere from 130 to 140. And, you know, they're going to have to really, really, you know, tread carefully because he's dangerous, really dangerous. And obviously, you know, I love Shakur Stevenson. I mean, his game, what he, what he can do. So I, I'm, I have no beef with this list so far. I like, I like what I'm hearing. I like what I've, what I've heard. Yeah, that is the list done. Um, it was Javonte Davis who I said is now 28. I can't believe it. I'm like, wow, where did the time go? I remember him being 22. All of a sudden, he's now 28, same age as me. Um, I always thought he was a lot younger than me. But anyways, um, obviously, I'm not going to go into uh, you know who's number 11, 12, blah, blah, blah. But I do want to give a couple of honorable mentions. Stephen Fulton deserves an honorable mention, 100%. Yeah. Probably got him at number 11 if I was going that far. Um, I actually had him at number 10, but I took him out and put Haney in. So he, he just about missed out. Um, you know, I expect him to be there in the near future. And also other runners-up, Baturbiev, uh, Lomachenko, uh, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, probably going to crash the top 10 soon enough. Uh, obviously, Chocolatito and Estrada are just neck and neck. You'd probably put Estrada in front of him. And, you know, I, I've had, I've had you know, um, people moan at this before, but... I mean, I've named about, what, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, about 16 fighters, and probably number 17. You've got to, you've got to mention Demetrius Andrade somewhere, Eddie. Not top 10, but <laughs> yeah. somewhere, man. Somewhere, yeah. He's in the conversation of being in and around that area. He just has to get the fight. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Once he gets the fights and wins them, there he is and hopefully we see it happen in 2023 but like i say that is the end of the podcast pretty much in part one we did all the awards which was really enjoyable me and eddie um then we welcomed our special guest the former commonwealth light heavyweight champion lyndon arthur in part two there was no news uh then we did the pound for pound lists and obviously just that one fight that we had to preview before that. But yeah, that wraps it up. Like I say, my pound for pound list, if you want to hear it once more, number one, Terence Crawford, number two, Naoya Inoue, number three, Alexander Usyk, number four, Dimitri Bivol, number five, Canelo Alvarez, number six, Jamel Charlo, number seven, Shakur Stevenson, number eight, Tyson Fury, number nine, Javante Davis, number 10, Devin Haney. That is my list. If you do have an issue with it, then... <laughs> Don't be shy to share that opinion. Horrible. Horrible damn list, Joe. Horrible. Like, I like your list, Joe. Okay, there we go. There we go. But like I said, that brings don't the cancel show. Me. Don't, don't, don't cancel me, man. Please, please, please. You're uncancelable, Eddie. But like I said, that brings the show to a close. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 376 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. This has been the last podcast of 2022. It's been the end of year special. A massive thank you to our special guest, the former Commonwealth Light Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Lyndon Arthur. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. There's no more news. Uh, there's nothing else to say pretty much the only thing i do want to say is i just want to end it by saying i hope you all enjoyed the show like i say thanks once again for tuning in 
I want to wish you all sincerely a wonderful 2023. Hopefully the big fights get made. But that's about it from me. Enjoy your New Year's, people, and we'll see you next year.